It's Yes and Tows after show. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Essence House After Show. This is episode 10. We have the season finale. We made it, guys. We're here. We have a special treat tonight. We have the voice behind the Essence House, Michael Goodrick, joining us tonight. Hello, Michael. How's it going? Thanks for having me. You're, you're so welcome. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so... Um, I'm a voiceover artist. I live in Arizona in the U.S. Um, I focus mainly in audiobooks, and I actually focus mainly in nonfiction. I do a lot of true crime and stuff like that. So when I was approached about this, we kind of talked back and forth about what the book was going to be and what we were looking for. And um, yeah, it, it, it ended up working out great. So yeah, I've recorded over 100 books for Audible, and I also work on producing podcasts and stuff a lot in the, like the true crime world. So interesting. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have a podcast or do you just, you work with podcasts? Yeah. So I don't have my own podcast. I work on other people's podcasts. I do a lot of editing, um, some consulting and, you know, kind of producing for podcasts a lot in the true crime world. What kind of true crime? Ooh. Man, I don't know. I it kind of happened out of nowhere. People, you know, people ask that kind of question all the time, like why serial killers and all this stuff. It seems weird, but I don't know. It just kind of happened. Um, yeah, I, the first time I remember it was watching the Investigation Discovery Channel, and you know, that's just true crime all day. So, so I was going to ask you. So, who's your what's your favorite like serial killer story? <laughs> Ooh, man. I, I mean, it's probably always like the one I'm working on now like the book i'm working on now um working on a book about john hay at the moment who they called him like the acid alchemist so he put people in like barrels and used acid to dissolve them so that you wouldn't ever find their body he was like in uh in the uk in like the 40s wow that's fun yeah <laughs> yeah he like lived in a hotel and yeah you really did it for money like he would he would like kind of cash out their fortunes. And then once he ran out of money, he would go on to the next one. So he wasn't like in succession either. So he was really spread out. Okay. okay. So it's not like made it more difficult. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was murdering for the thrill of the murder. He was just getting rid of evidence. Yeah, like he job. just needed money. Yeah. Yeah. It was a job. <laughs> that is the worst job ever. Right? <laughs> God, get a job. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll get another one. Someone will show up. Uh, uh, um, how many? How many um, pilots have you done? Because you said you've done hundreds of these podcasts and shows and whatnot. How many like one-offs have you done? Man, I don't know. It's hard to. They all blur together now. Um, like I said, I've done over a hundred books, but a lot of those are in series and sets and stuff. Um, and podcasts, who knows how many I work on? I mean, I work on actively about forty at the moment. So wow. Um, it just depends on, you know, on different levels. Some of them are just like, I don't, you never hear me. You never see me. Like yeah. I just work on their audio. And then some of them I'm kind of a, you know, a staple in there. I'm not like the star of any shows, but some of them talk about me a lot more. Or I'm in the room or that kind of thing. Yeah. So Well, the reason I was asking is because I, I just thought it was funny. Like you get this, this message from Eric 
on on Fiverr, like, hey, man, we're doing this show. Do you want to be a part of it? You know, we'd love to use your voice. You're sent the script. You do the first one. Do you imagine yourself, you know, 10 episodes later? You're just like, I'll take the job while it's here. Like, how is your headspace when you're entering into that? Do you, you know, are you treating it as the one-time job or what? Yeah, I think, I mean, Eric kind of briefed me on what was going to happen ahead of time. Um, if he wouldn't have, yeah, I would have just thought, oh, yeah, I just got this job I've got to do and I make that happen and whatever. You know, I had a little heads up, but you never know with that kind of thing. So, you know, you kind of go into it. You go into it a little differently knowing there's going to be a series because you go, all right, like I can't I can't be doing crazy voices and stuff, which I don't really do anyways. It's not again, I work a lot of nonfiction, so that's not really my like forte um but it was like i have to be doing things that i can replicate long term right yeah. i can't yeah. if you do some voice that just kills your voice and i have to do that for 10 eps you know you can't so you think about it a little differently knowing it's more than just you know a quick little a quick thing knowing it's going to be long term you you know and you i would say i put more time into thinking about who these characters are because i've got a I've got to keep that going. So rather right. than just a one-time thing where it's like, all right, if they like it, cool, ship it off and never think about it again. Where this one, it, you know, knowing it was going to, it could possibly be longer. Cause you never know. We could have hated it the first time and yep. never done it again, you know, but yeah. So it is a different headspace a little bit. I remember a couple months ago when you were sick, well, maybe it was a month or so. Yeah. A little, little yeah. while you were sick and I'm sure your voice was probably ready to do some jobs, but, since you had already had exactly, yeah, so we had to kind of hold off a couple more extra days. Yep, that's that's always the weird thing with getting sick is because yeah, a lot of people you can do your job if you're, you know, you get sick for like two days and that's rough, but then and then it kind of like sits with you for a little while, but you can go back to work and do all the things. Can't really do that as a voiceover artist, so I have to be back at one hundred percent, especially for stuff like this, knowing that I have to replicate. What I, you know, if it's a one-off, you don't know what I used to sound like. So right. then I can sound a little raspy or whatever, and that's okay. But for for something like this, I've had this, you know, you got to be one hundred percent again. It, it's funny that you say that because I just saw a, uh, a a video of Hank Azaria talking about his Simpsons work, mm -hmm. and he was talking about on the off-season break at one point he got into an actual screaming match with someone, like he. He got, he said, mm -hmm. this is the angriest I've ever gotten. I screamed at them and he said, I lost my voice for two weeks. And he said, at that point, I realized you're not, you can't do that. Like you're not allowed to no. be passionate in your, yeah. in your life anymore, man. He, he then went out, he had his voice box insured, like mm -hmm. all this stuff. He's like, oh yeah. I, he said, I make too much money of this. I can't, I can't screw around. Yeah. So I'm sure you feel the same way where you're like, I'm going to just handle this calmly. Yeah. My thing. <laughs> My the one thing that when I started doing this that really hit was concerts. Like going to a concert, I can't like be belting out all the words with the band anymore. I have to enjoy it in a different way because I got to go back to work tomorrow, and I can't be, you know, I can't get all raspy at the show. So, and you sure. perform music too. So how does that affect if you're like doing a gig, and then you have to get back to recording? Your gig's a little more gentle now, or um, that's a little different because, like, I've done music my whole life, um, and in music, when I'm singing, I'm actually thinking about how I'm using my voice, right? So, like, you know, you once you're trained, once you've trained your voice to do a certain thing, like the joke is, I used to be in a band and we toured and stuff, and 
I could, I can sing all day long, no problem. But if I talk all day long, it doesn't, it's not the same thing because you're not thinking about how you're using your voice when you're just talking. And that's what really like when the, when we're on the road, when we were on the road and you lost your voice or it was getting rough, it wasn't, it didn't affect the show. You still sing every night. You just didn't talk in the van or the green room or whatever. You became silent for everything else because that was the way that you can really mess up your voice when you're not thinking about it. When you're thinking about it, the goal is like, it's a muscle. So once you like taught it what you want it to do and you're focusing on it, it, it'll last forever. But if you're not thinking about it and you're, that's when it messes stuff up. Okay. Do you have daily concoctions and things that you utilize to help continue to like sort of heal your throat and all that kind of stuff? Uh, something that maybe you do daily or at least when things get rough? Oh yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like any other muscle, you know, you stretch before you work out so that you don't, so that you're not sore the next day. It's the same kind of thing. Every, my like daily routine is in the mornings, I'll do a lot of editing that I do for whether it's for podcasts or like if I recorded the night, the day before I'll save all the editing till the morning. And while I'm editing, I'm doing vocal warmups. I'm, you know, drinking tea concoctions and all kinds of stuff. Um, not only be, not only when things are rough, but when things are good to be sure to maintain that. Yeah. Do you have a favorite tea? Yeah. Um, man. We're two drinkers. I mean, we, yeah, uh, that's why I'm drinking tea right now. I drink, <laughs> being, you know, singing and voiceover stuff, I drink a lot of throat coat. Throat so, coat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like a specific brand. It's like a lemon and there's some other stuff in it. But. Oh, cool. Nice. I do a lot of podcasting and sometimes yeah. after an hour, I'm I'm done. I can't yep. even speak. Yeah. So I know I have to stop. So I'm like, I need that tea. Yep. <laughs> yep. Tea and cough drops. Um, yeah. Anything to, to keep that like something something there. I mean, especially in Arizona, it's super dry here. So you can get your your throat can just get ripped up if you're not like hydrating and that kind of stuff. I mean, I drink water all day, every day. So, so I know that you do a ton of shows. So if you don't have answers to these, it's okay. But do you have any favorite moments from essence house? Ooh. Any, any things that have happened or any stuff where you read it and you were like, Whoa, okay. Like anything, th this is kind of our moment. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, what's been fun about, about, this you know like this project in particular um working in true crime a lot either i know what i know what happens right because it's history like it's true <laughs> stuff or they start to kind of run together and so even if i don't know what happens i can kind of like oh okay yeah he's this kind of person i can kind of you know all right um and so that's what's been fun about this especially in in like the saga way that we've been doing it is that like I end a chapter and go, but I want to know what happens next. And I still have to, I have to wait till that next, you know, um, and I'm trying to think. So in, in stuff like that, there's moments where I try to, I, a lot of times I try to read um, a, a script like this as a reader would. And so I don't, I don't go to the end of the chapter to find out what happens and then come back and start the recording. I try to kind of go as the reader would so that, I sound like, 
you know, the, the character also doesn't know what's going to happen either. So I, I don't want to ever foreshadow that on accident, you know, mm-hmm. for, for anything. So I'm trying to remember if there's been any moments where I've had to stop and go, Oh my gosh. And then like go back to re-record that because I sounded maybe too surprised at what was happening. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I mean, and this, now that we've gotten into this part, like I, there's mo there's definitely been moments where I've gone, Oh, okay. I think I have kind of figured out, you know, this thing. And now we're, we've been thrown into this whole other thing. This lady shows up and you're like, wait, what, what's going on? Like, um, I think knowing that, that uh, the the time travel thing definitely threw me the first time because I got I started it and I was like okay cool there's this like magic you know whatever and I was like wait a minute how long has this guy been wait the fort what what what's going so I think that's that was probably one of my favorites is the time travel portion of that I love the time travel I found out like you I would hear every new episode at the end of our recording so. I got to hear it, then I'd be like, ah. We do our after show, and then sometimes we'll let her listen to the next one after we've talked about the, the most recent. Oh, okay. She's generally about a week ahead of people. But yeah. <laughs> well, and it's, it's kind of taken from the same sort of organic, and I love, by the way, um, your organic style, the idea that you just want to come at it fresh. I think that's that's brilliant. I love that. And we kind of play that with Jess where it's like, Let's not give Jess any any extra information because what if all of a sudden she's asking questions? It's like, yeah, we're not there yet, girl. It we're gives away something. Yet. Yep. <laughs> so we uh, we have this fun thing. We are all we all are very good friends. We'll usually um, we'll already have the next episode recorded by you, and so at the end of this, we'll be like, hey, you want to hang out? You know, we're gonna we're gonna play the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then she gets to find out what happens. She's like, oh man. So she gets. She gets another week or so to kind of process it. Yeah. Come up with the questions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask how you kind of chose the voices for each character. Does that just come to you? You just kind of lay that out in the beginning? Yes. I mean, again, I don't do it a ton. There there are guys who can teach master classes on like characterization and voicing and stuff. Um, And so again, that's, it's not like my expertise or anything, but kind of the way I approach it. Yeah, is, um, you know, I think I asked a couple questions at the beginning about who these people were to Eric. And then from there, um, especially that first one, I kind of read pieces of it. Usually I'll read kind of the narration part because I try to keep the the narration and whoever the main, the most main character is, I try to make their voices as close to my regular voice as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. Because they're going to be speaking the most. They're going to be, you know, so it's it's harder to like, make this crazy voice and then that be the one that has, you know, and so it's really easy for me to go, Oh, this, this guy has similar to my voice, but there's still a difference between the narrator's voice and his voice on, you know, on a slight level. And then it was like learning who, so I just blanked out his name. Tristan. Is that? Yep. Yeah. So it's, so it's like learning kind of who Tristan was and that, that right as we're introduced to him is I, I would read the narration portions and, or record the narration portions and not the dialogue yet on that first one and kind of go through and then go back and record the dialogue kind of under once I felt like I understood a bit of who Tristan was Um, just, just as something to, I don't want to come off and make Tristan this big burly macho got macho voice and then learn, Oh, that's not really who he is. 
Um, which is why a lot of like fiction narrators, they read the entire book before they ever hit record because they don't want to find out that so-and-so character in chapter 10 is actually Irish and they have, they've had this weird voice for it, you know, so <laughs> when, when they're doing like full, you know, when you have these like full cast kind of narration, audiobook things, less of the narrator style and more of the like real characterization, they have to read the entire book first and then go back and record it. Um, which again, creates some other, I think, you know, create some other things for how they know how the story ends now and those kind of things. But yeah. So when you get to a chapter like um, our chapter nine, where we started bringing in a whole family right at the beginning of the story that's never <laughs> been in the story before. Yep. Kind of like, oh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it causes, yeah, a, a slight, once you see it, you're like, okay, you stop. That's when you kind of read ahead and figure out, okay, what, what do we have? What do we have happening here? And, and especially in the saga, it's like, are these people going to be around? Am I going to have to do this voice for 10 chapters or are they just going to show up and, and leave again? Cause if they're just going to leave again, I can differentiate their voice a little more and not have to worry about keeping that voice up. And then, you know, so you never know. And you, there have been moments, not necessarily in Essence House, but there have been times in my career where you choose a voice and then you go, oh, no, now I have to keep this thing up for a long time. <laughs> I, I really like your your take on the female voices. Yeah, Don't try to do this like crazy, annoying, yeah. false little thing. You just give it enough of, of a, a kind of higher tinge and you go, okay, that's a woman, but he's not trying to be anything he's not. Yeah. I, I really, I, I, I like that a lot because I feel like if you really tried to push a female voice, it might take me out of the narrative. Yep. Yeah. So I think you handle that very well. Well, and that's the idea. The idea of a of an of a narrator narrating an audiobook is it's your voice in your head, and when you, if you were to just read the words off the page, you wouldn't create some crazy thing. It would just be your voice a little a little different, you know. And so you 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 know, you come up and pitch and you do, you change a little bit of things so that it's that you can tell it's female, but it, you wouldn't think that's a girl in some other, you know, like if you just heard that you wouldn't go, Oh, that's a girl. Cause that would, again, I think you got it right on. It would take you out of the story. Yeah. You want just enough of a, just enough of a difference. Now the, what gets really difficult is if there's 10 females in the story, mm. if they're, especially if females are talking to each other, like yeah. that, it get that would be very difficult. Oftentimes, I'm not the I'm not the narrator for that kind of thing. <laughs> I can't. I'm not your guy. I can only change. I can only change once you get up here. I've limited my choices a lot, and so I can only change that so much. We'll keep that in mind. Even like a huge scene between. Um, I'm blanking on names again. Um, Greg. Yeah. Tim and Tristan. Greta, Greta and uh, oh, yeah. and the girl at Tristan. Jess. 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 I, I literally had Greta and Jess. I didn't want to say them wrong, but yeah. I need to just trust my gut. Um, yeah. Even if there's a if there was a huge scene between them, it might the lines might get blurry, you know, because their voices are very similar in the audio world. But oft, but you know, I chose those voices, kind of understanding those two characters probably aren't going to have a ton of. They're not going to have you know, 45 yeah. minutes of them talking back and forth. Right. So, yeah. Um, it's funny because when, you know, Eric and I both write it, but whenever I'm given the opportunity to write an episode, 
I always, because he does the sound work and he has a lot of really cool sound effects to it. I love to, to screw with him and create some sounds and whatnot and just be like, what are you going to do now, buddy? And we talked about this um, beforehand, but I really wanted to mention this. We inadvertently screwed with you by at the end of episode three, we put a song in there and we thought <laughs> this dude that's going to say the song. Like we were fine with that. Yeah. And you blew us away and you sang the song. We we're like, Oh crap, Mike can sing. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, being a musician and, and stuff, you know, I came up on that and was like, and you know, I had that thought too. I'm like, are they, would they, are they just looking for a narrator to do this or do they, if they like, and I didn't ask, right. I just was like, I feel like, I feel like it'll surprise them. They're not going to expect this, but I, I feel like this will be a, this will be a good thing. And so, you know, I have to like change recording setups and all that kind of stuff oh. for at least settings and stuff to make so that that singing sounds good. But obviously you don't want it to sound like it turns into a recording of a, you know, something else. So yeah, I, I played with that a little bit before I sent that over, uh, you know, to make it sound like the book, but also it sounds like a good singing, which, you know, I'm a singer in general. So I figured <laughs> I can pull that off. Yeah, you nailed it. Nailed it! Yeah, totally. Probably one of my—I'd say one of my favorite endings, just because how nice that closed off that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's funny that there's three of us here who all worked on that episode, and yet you know, like this is literally the first time we're meeting, and yet it it gelled so well. Like it just and everybody kind of. Um, really took their part in that seriously. And uh, that's just, it's just really cool, man. <laughs> like, just really neat. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, it's definitely worked out really well that it's, you know, that you sometimes you just find the right, the right people and find projects you like working on. And yeah, every time I, every time I get a thing on my phone that's like, Eric's got a new chapter for you, I'm like, oh, great. Like, this is like, it's partly because I, I also know the project, right? So it's like, I'm not, I don't have to learn anything new. I don't have to like worry about some, what someone's looking for. Like, I feel like I understand what the project's looking for. And then it makes it a lot, my job a lot more fun for sure. Yeah. Like my note when I entered it all is like, yep, it's all good. In in every order you have to, you know, it's like, do you, you know, do you have any specific notes on how you want things done? Any of that? And yeah, now we've gotten to the point where it's like, nope, you you know what you know what you're doing. And <laughs> that's the pronunciation of the museum. I had to Yep, yep. And that was help, that was helpful. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> pronunciations can get crazy. And I don't, you know, like I don't really have the time to go looking for a ton yeah. of pronunciations. And so Eric did it perfectly. Here's a sound bit of what it sounds like. Great. I can listen to that a few times and <laughs> and then try to say that the correct pronunciation in whoever's voice has to be. And as someone who speaks French, you did very good, by the way. Well, thank you. (laughs) It was, it was helpful that the characters, it it wasn't like that was their native language either. (laughs) Since this is the season finale and you did just record that recently, do you have any theories or whatnot? You know, I mean, that was a, I like to think that was a pretty rough cliffhanger. So do you have any theories or thoughts going into it? Oh man. I mean, that's the, that's the thing. I feel like I get cliffhangered every week and I guess 
everyone else does too. But I get cliffhangered every time I get a new thing. I'm like, oh man, I wish I knew what. Because in a normal project, I would have the whole book. So if I got if if the if a chapter ended, I go, okay, cool. I'm just going to keep recording because I want to know what happens. Um, and that's <laughs> projects that I really enjoy get done a lot faster than projects I don't necessarily enjoy because that happens. I go. Oh no, I'm going to, I'm going to do another. I was going to stop here, but I'm going to do another chapter because I got to know what happens. Um, so I get cliffhanger all the time. I think, I think if you would have asked me at the end, I don't, I don't remember exactly story-wise where the yeah. chapter's broken up, but before Greta shows up and anything like that, if you would have asked me if I had theories, I probably could have pieced some stuff together. But in these last couple, when all this is, I, I am so lost now. I have no idea what could happen. <laughs> Guys, the limit. <laughs> yeah right yeah, i mean who knows like <laughs> i was gonna just ask if you you hadn't your favorite character that from the whole series man i so i was like it's not necessarily my favorite voice to do or whatever but i feel like jess's character like when they the first time we meet her i i i definitely didn't realize we were, she was gonna be more in the you know, more in the story. Luckily she was one of the first, if not the first female we, we have contact with. And so I just kind of did my regular female voice, which worked out because now I, you know, now she's even more prominent, but I was really, I think I was so interested in her character being that, you know, obviously they reveal this to, you know, the truth to her for the first time and the way she reacts and all these things. And then when we, you know, when we come forward and realize, wait, she's now made herself a part of this thing. And so I think that her, she's definitely been my favorite character just because I've been so interested in what her part in that whole thing was going to be. I was like, when we, when they first leave, I'm like, oh, well, she was cool. It's a bummer. You know, like I liked her, but she served her purpose. And then I was like, oh, wait, she's back. And now she's like, <laughs> so yeah, that was a. Uh, I think she's out. so. I'd probably say Jess is Jess is my favorite at this point. Well, kudos to you, Chuck. Oh, <laughs> dude! I, honestly, I just had so much fun with that one. And, and to be honest, actually, didn't you bring her up at the end of episode four? Yeah, I started her, and then I was like, no, no, no. Yeah, I was like, he needs like Tristan needs someone there. He can't handle this on his own. And yeah. so I thought, let let's let's create that foil, and then. The more that kind of came out, the more I fell in love with her, and I was like, "Man!" And then, of course, she's named after one of our favorite people, so I was just like, "Dude!" So I, I wrote that and I finished that off, and I was like, "What do you think?" And he's like, "That's a fun idea. Yes, let's do it." So Jessica was never on the table. She was never gonna be um, a part of a part of all of this. Yeah. And then when she got in there, it was just like. Oh dang! Like this, this feels like it was supposed to be there all along. So great. Mm -hmm. We have it all sort of outlined what we want to do, and then you know, like so I'll know. Okay, episode five. This is where I need to start. Where I need to end, and the main points. Yeah. Now I get to throw my stuff in there. And How so, to get them there? Yeah. Yeah, and so I got to really play with Jessica, and I was like, "Cool, I'm gonna keep her in there." And then, like, um, episode six, uh, then Eric's able to pick it up. And he goes, cool, what am I going to do? And so he messages me and he says, I have this really cool idea, but I'm not going to pitch it to you. I'm just going to write it. And I was like, okay, why? And he's like, because if I pitch it, 
it'll suck and you'll say no, but I feel like if I write it, I can do good. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, I, I trust you. Like, why not? So he wrote, and that's where the walking stick comes in. The walking stick was never a part of it. And okay. now like, the walking stick is a major part yeah. of the series. <laughs> and even moving forward, we're like, oh, that saves so much trouble. Like, that is really us an awful lot. Yeah. And I feel like if he had pitched a walking stick early on, I'd be like, that's lame. Yeah. So lame. It's funny the way we kind of we've been able to sort of all work off each other and create these things and just be like, just let me let me play here. Trust me, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> and it's always worked out. So. Yeah, we've been lucky that way. So, yeah. do you have um, any projects that you're working on that you would like to tell us about, tell the world about? Yeah, that you're that you're really excited about. Yeah, um, trying to think. My world is so interesting in that most of the things I do. Either I can't talk about, mm. or like I'm I'm just the voice of someone else's project, um, so I don't really get to be a part of it. I mean, this is this is pretty rare when it comes, you know, when it comes to like my work. Um, you know, when Eric asked, I was like, "Yeah, I'd be happy to." Like, I get that I am, you know, like my voice is a is a pretty key part of this thing. Yeah. It doesn't usually happen that way. It's like they got their thing. You know, the client got their thing and now they're off doing whatever they wanted with it. I have no idea what's happening with it or even where oftentimes I wouldn't even know where to point people. I wouldn't know a website or anything to point people to unless it was in the script that they gave me. Right. They hired me to do the job. I recorded it. And who knows what, you know, um, you know, on Audible, I'll, sometimes I'll search my name on Audible and be like, oh, yeah, I forgot that I recorded that book because it wasn't it wasn't a part of, you know, I have like the way that like narration works is like I can get hired outside of audible or I can get hired like kind of inside of audible and inside audible. I, I can see my sales stats and all kinds of stuff. But if you hire me outside, I don't know where it happens or if you even put my name on it, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it, it, uh, it, it differs a lot. So oftentimes when people ask the question, it's like, here's what I'm recording at the moment. Like what I was recording an hour ago was a serial killer book about this guy named John Hay um, for a publisher that I record a lot of their, their true crime books. Um, and then I, I work on a podcast that I really love called Luminol. Um, it's, it's a podcast between like two girl, ho these two girls host it. Um, I'm oftentimes in a room or they'll talk about me because I do a lot of work for them and stuff. Um, but I'm a big part of that. And so I like, we're, we're doing like a big zoom party with listeners and I'll be there, you know, so I'm a little more part of that podcast. Um, yeah, it's, it's called luminol, which is like the chemical that people spray on the, on blood to find. Oh, the blood, yes. The blood spray. Yeah. It's a true crime podcast where the, these two girls, they each have a case that they kind of pitch and talk about. The other one doesn't know which case is coming up. It's usually based on a theme and they drink a beer from like the city or whatever kind of themed yeah. to the crime. And so they talk about the beer as well. That's kind of their, one of their unique spins on, on the, you know, the genre. So cool. cool. We don't have enough alcohol in essence house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a beer at one point. <laughs> Hey, you we have don't. a dude who's stuck in a wine in, in a exactly. Wine there's, so like, there's plenty there. <laughs> we need to get some product placement. Right. <laughs> Sponsored by White Claw. <laughs> I, I mean, there's plenty of alcohol in 
Essence House for me. You you don't ever, you don't ever see it, but you know. <laughs> there is for us too, don't you? <laughs> those those late night recording sessions. I mean, they. <laughs> well, and and you were talking about how quickly you go through stuff, and I have to be honest. Like, there's sometimes where I'm like, I throw off a script, and and Eric's like, okay, cool, and then he'll get in touch with me, you know, sometime within a day or two, and be like, yeah, okay, so it's done. I'm 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 finishing up the sound. I'm like whoa wait what really like you just i mean i know it's only a, a 20 minute show but of course still there's a lot of work to it and, and like you said especially with having to do the narration and then go back and, and do the dialogue that's a that's a big deal and there, there's definitely some work there so i'm always blown away with how quickly you do that and and i'm usually like i think he must like us because man this is flying by like i mean that's and that's what I said, you know, like like I said earlier, when you have a project you enjoy, those get done a lot faster because if I'm in the middle of a slog of some sort that I'm, you know, some medical text or something that, you know, I do a lot of like, I do a lot of like explainer videos. So, you know, when, you're, when your company sends you a video on how to use your software, oh. that's my voice, right, sometimes. And so- Voice for my work. Yeah, and so I have to like, if I'm in the middle of something like that, and slogging through, you know, 40 pages of med medical, whatever, here's how to put your, you know, click on this button and then go down to this drop down menu and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I get a message from Eric, like, Hey, a new chapter. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to take a break and go ahead and tackle this. This is way more fun. We are the Kit Kat of your job. Exactly. Like exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, it, you know, it, it ends up being, and you know, this is my full-time job. I, this is what I do full-time. So I'm, I'm in the office, you know, pretty close to nine to five. Um, and, and now that we can't go anywhere else, I right. end up working a lot more too. So, um, yeah. yeah, so, you know, it, it, it allows me to, to, to kick out a, you know, a 20 minute show, you know, obviously it takes me a lot more than 20 minutes, but it, I can kick it out in a day because I've got eight hours or whatever. So have you found that there's a lot more work for you now because of what's going on? Like, do, do you find your demand has gone up? Yes. Um, and for me, I don't, I don't know if it's like this in the industry as a whole. Um, people are, you know, I've, I've heard both sides of it, but for me, yeah. Uh, my, my joke when people ask me, you know, like, you know, my friends or family are like, you know, how's, how does that work for you? Because, you know, obviously like I don't get laid off or anything like that. I already work from home, you know, like what, what is that? How is that different for you? And I, I've just said, yeah, authors are home. And so they can write their books, which means they can finish them and now they need narrators. So yeah, my, my demand has definitely gone up. I've had to like extend times and all kinds of stuff. I think maybe, I, maybe it's happened once with you, Eric, where you're like, wait, your time got extended. I'm like, yeah, for any new clients, they I extend this time because I'm so busy. I don't know when I'm going to be able to get stuff. Right now I'm in the middle of moving my studio too, which oh, I mentioned. creates a whole nother, a whole nother thing. But yeah. Yeah. Currently, I, I live in one place and my studio is at another place because I'm waiting for some gear to get shipped so that then I can finally move my studio to my living space now. So I currently, I own a house and I'm renting a different house 
so that my studio <laughs> can be in that house until the new stuff gets here. So I'm not going to tear it down and reset up the old studio just to, in a week, set up the new one, you know. Well, good luck on the getting that all finished. And yeah. Away. Yeah. I'm excited. It's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an opportunity to upgrade the studio, which is nice, but yeah, some new equipment. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. New boys. Yeah. Yep. Always great. Yeah. Right. <laughs> awesome. Do we have any final questions? I don't think I, don't I do. I think we, I, I yeah. Yeah. You want to want to just kind of do like I guess a thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining. Yeah. Like this, this was great. Yeah, you got it. Thanks for having me, guys. It's been a blast working on it. I can't wait to see what happens next. Us too. We really appreciate you being around, bud. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. No problem. <laughs> All right, thanks. Take care, dude. All right, later, guys. Bye. Bye. No, it was really interesting to hear from Michael and get to hear his perspective on how the story developed for him and how he enjoyed doing it as well. Yeah, it's been nice. Um, like every few episodes, he makes some kind of comment, like back to me about it. Like, and it really feels like he's been enjoying it as it's gone along. So it's really it was fun to hear it firsthand. Well, and and being outside of that, it was nice to be able to to hear. That. I mean, you've always been very good about, oh, dude, yeah, I think you really like this one. I'm like, oh, okay, great. But being able to actually like hear enth his enthusiasm yeah. and and see his take on things, that was that was really cool. I. I had a really good time. We definitely have to have him back on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And like we mentioned before, it was the, that was our meeting right there of, of Michael. Like it's, I've, I've been communicating with him for five months now. And this is the first time like we've in, you know, face to face, not necessarily in person, but just about as in person as you can get today. Right. Well, and for the longest time, he was just like a friend on Fiverr for you. Right. Like now, we know him. We were able to kind of like get to know who the guy is behind the voice. Like that's cool. Yeah. And he's, does, he's done such a great job for us. It's been amazing. And he's but, a really talented guy. So yeah. check out some of the stuff. If you ever get the chance to check out his music or anything, please yeah. do, man. He's, he's, he's really talented. Yeah. I thought it was great. It was interesting to hear how he like came up with the voices and how he kind of figures it out and his process really. And how he got, he was right there with me every episode. We're like, ah, there's, well, we want more. Oh, there is no. Well, more. Technically, he was right ahead of you. Ah, he was. <laughs> he wouldn't even give you that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> we assume that you were hearing. <laughs> Speaking of that, though, should we do a summary of this giant sized episode? Yeah, this one's your baby. Oh, oh, man. There was a lot. I had to name a lot of characters in this one. So we start out um, from from the end of episode eight. So episode nine was this complete departure. So episode 10 now, we had Greta and her gang, her goons, uh, with their guns drawn on Tim, Tristan, Jessica, Rick, and our hapless security guard. Um, and, of course, they have all the scientists and stuff there. They're at Essence Corners. Um, uh, I think one of the, one of the funner parts early on was, um, they're being led away and, and Tim ends up saying, Hey, what is the essence house? And of course you expect it to be this amazing science filled explanation or this complete, like, I'm not telling you anything. 
And instead, it's just it's stolen property. It's it's not yours at all. It's a small nothing, and that house is just wood, timber, and rocks. And I think that really probably surprised a lot of people. And then, of course, we get some really beautiful moments inside the, the little empty coffee shop with um, both Tim and Rick, which was uh, kind of nice to finally be able to do, and Tristan and Jessica, which was a lot of fun to, to really finally see them and, and kind of play that out. Then, of course, um, Rick gets mad. Uh, Rick goes a little, I think we called it Waste Hulk. Um, <laughs> the sound effects during that part were so much fun to put together. <laughs> was so much going on. It was such a challenge, but it was good, dude. I bet they were. And so he goes all Waste Hulk. He ends up uh, smashing up the joint, taking out the two guards that were watching them. Of course, Tim, Tristan, and Jessica. They decide, you know, we, we gotta we gotta help Rick, even though he's a freaking beast. And they go and um, he's in the middle of this huge fight. He ends up taking down some of the machinery, knocking down the shed. So the shed's gone. The shed, which was our like I know, right? The shed was it felt like a character right. for a long time. The shed's knocked down. Um uh they Greta ends up taking a shot at Tim. Tristan takes the bullet. Uh, Rick is affected by this. Um, Rick ends up kind of that waste sort of, I'm not even sure how to describe it, kind of leaves him, so to speak, or at least dissipates. Um, we get to see the real Rick. Uh, Jessica and um, Tristan end up running away uh, at, at Tim's beckoning, and they're picked up by our dude Barnabas, who gets them the heck out of there. Um, Tim grabs Rick, takes him into the house while Greta um, grabs the stone. Tim tries to take himself back into time so that he can um, hopefully get his grandfather to help things out. And when he walks through the door, there is absolutely nothing. And that's where we leave you, folks. I'm sorry. That was mean. Very. I love it. <laughs> and that was... That was something that we had planned. That ending was planned pretty much from the get-go. Yeah. You know what's crazy about this episode and chapter nine, when you think about it, the whole, like the previous eight episodes have generally been Tim and Tristan and one other character, like pretty much. Mm -hmm. Episode nine introduced you to like, I don't know, six new characters and they were all interacting together. I don't know where. They were all new, but they were basically new for what they were. Yeah. They were definitely different in a different context of the story. And then episode 10 was just like this whole huge cast that they were all kind of came together at the end of episode eight. But like, that was a lot to juggle. He did a good job with it. Like, Oh, thank you, dude. I, I had a blast. And I mean, I, I wrote most of that in one kind of shot. I think I had like a thousand words. And in one night, I just peeled through 3,000. I remember ending it, and it was 2.11 in the morning. I'm just like, I'm done. It's done. Like, and the problem was I just – and I had said this before. I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to try to get it done in the next day or so. And as I got to one thing, like, so I started writing about Tim and Tristan – or, sorry, uh, Tristan and Jessica. I was so excited. I was so enjoying that. And then right after that, I started the stuff with 
with Rick kind of hulking. And I'm like, oh, this is a really important moment. Yeah. And then that happens. And like, I got swept up in it and I just had to keep going. Like there was no real good spot for me to go, okay, cool. I'm going to walk away. So I remember starting writing that at like nine in the evening. And I, I was just kind of like tapping away and just did this monster session at two eleven. I'm like, I'm done. Wow. I'm done. That's dope. So, yeah, it was it was worth the late, the late night. It was awesome. And that was actually one of the ones where I didn't have to add an awful lot. Like I got to nuance it and play with it, but we had that one pretty much plotted out. Yeah. And we had to the way that we originally intended to write it. Cuz you were going to do your part and I was going to do my part and we were going to bounce back and forth and take it. And then it got to the point where I just had to ask you to take it over and you just Graduate I I'll be like a hundred percent honest. I was so intimidated. I was really excited to be able to knock it back and forth because I thought, cool, I get to play off of someone and all this. And so when it was like, man, do you mind kind of you know like because you, you had your kiddo and you had the stuff going on, you were just like, hey man, do you mind? I was like, no, of course not. And I never wanted to say like. I'm really intimidated right now, but I was, and I really felt like I had to bring my A game. Like this was such an important episode. So it was an honor to be able to do it. And I had so much fun. I love those characters. Um, I, I, I would probably say my favorite part, even though this was like some of the most action, you know, we got to have um, Rick hulking out. And then in the, the episode before we got to have, uh, Rick versus Barnabas. So we're finally getting some action in here. And yet I should be loving the action, but I had so much fun with Jessica <laughs> and, and with Tristan. And I felt like that moment probably had so much of my soul in it. I just, I, I felt like so much of that had, had, had been untold. And Tristan had really been waiting for five episodes to finally, you know, for half the season to finally have a minute to talk to her. And I was like, and and that all of that just kind of came out. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was fun because a lot of that. I mean, that stuffs like while Jessica was added, like during the writing of the story. Like as soon as she was added, the Maggie Simpson stuff was written. It like I you know. had all that like just waiting there to reveal. Yeah, that was fun. So and then cool. um, you played off uh, Rick's um, Rick's conversation with Tim was was a fun one because it was. Like it was episode nine, I think set, he set up all the you know good Rick. Um, yeah, yeah, and that was something that I really got to play with because of the the good work that you did, and that's what I why I like this so much is that the work that you did in nine really made uh, work, that conversation between Rick and Tim so much easier to handle. I really got a good idea of, of who he was at his essence and. And, you know, we got to have those amazing moments. And it was really sad. Like, you know, you, you got to have him admit, you know, that he had screwed up. Wow. And, and then you got to see these quick moments between him and Tim. And, and, and that, was, that was, it was a lot of fun to be able to, to or sorry, him and Tristan, which was a lot of fun to be able to, to play with and, and make happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry we can't shut up <laughs> no, no I want to say like how did they get out of the room 
I, I'll give this away. Okay. It happens. Like at some point. I'm kind of bothered. He's not going to be in the room they're anymore. They're stuck in the nowhere, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And that was something that was really hard to describe because we we knew in our head what was going on and, and how that was going to be and, and what that is and everything. Obviously, I can't say anything now. <laughs> but how do you say that? And so all I can say is like, Nothing. That's just nothing. White, it's nothing. <laughs> and I didn't want it to be black because if it's black, then it could be like shadow. I wanted right. people right away to know it's like, no, this is not normal. It's like, nothing. There's nothing. No. Yeah, the white made it creepier, I think. Which is weird, right? Because <laughs> you think black would, but you're like, no. At least you know, like, there's like maybe there's a monster, but white, you're like, there ain't. Jack out there. I, it, feel, it feels very like, um, like I, I can get a bit claustrophobic, and like that. Just the thought of that, just the wine cellar, and I mean, just the body and everything about it. Just how big is? Freaks me out. Oh man! So Eric could not be locked in a wine cellar very long. Sorry. Well, it depends, it depends on how much wine. <laughs> Yes, we both there. <laughs> Depends on why. And everybody some cases of Canadian. <laughs> so once the liquor runs out. Well, and we we did say early on that it was it had been fairly uh, ransacked. There's not a lot of stuff in there, Shoot. so it, you're not gonna have good time, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> No, that is an ugly situation. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a dying Rick. We've got Tim stuck in there with him with no idea where or what's going on. Heck, you don't know. Maybe if they go back to the other door, he could just walk out. We don't know what's up. Oh, we haven't seen the other door. What if the other door is black? <laughs> we have no idea. All we know is he tried to go into the main house and it was empty. So... He could go to the other door and just be like, oh, cool. I'm back at the corners. Um, yeah, so that, like, that's their situation. We have uh, Barnabas with Jess and Tristan in the car. That was a fun little conversation with Barnabas and Jess, too. Yeah, they exchange there. I like that. Yeah. Um, I think Barnabas will take care of business like he generally does. Get Tim there, not Tim, Tristan to the hospital or well, though even Barnabas said, "I my file doesn't tell me a lot after this." Yeah, Barnabas to this point has been acting on orders from uh, from Grandpa. So his orders are done. Yeah, that's over now. Shit. Yeah, and we, that was something that we were very excited about because, as much as we have it charted, and we have a good idea. It now means. You know, this second half of the drama for the characters is uncharted. Mm -hmm. They don't know. They have. There's no. There's no rudder. You know. I mean, they they did what they were supposed to do. You know, um, Tristan was was told you need to protect your cousin, and he did it. He stepped up and and he did what he had to do. But what does that mean going forward? What I mean. Is, is he going to live? If he does, what's he going to be like? What's up with Rick? What's up with Tim? 
mean, all of it, all of that is literally like they don't have directions anymore. And Tim started off this whole thing very confused, like from the very beginning of the story. He's been kind of gathering information here and there. Now he's got the info and he had some orders for a bit too. Like he was kind of secondary to himself. Like he, he was kind of going through some motions and now there's no motions to go through. He's just, he's, he's kind of got to be in control. And he stepped up in this episode and kind of, that was kind of one of the main points for him was he was stepping up and starting to take control of what's going on. So that's when he, when he hit Greta up with the questions and, got some more answers. So like now he's got more information than he's ever had and he doesn't have anybody to give him orders. He's, he's the guy. Yeah. I, I almost at this point, cause there's not a lot that we can, like we can't give you much. So mm -hmm. I kind of want to turn the, the, the table, so to speak. I'm going to come at you, Jess. Oh. And I want to be like, dude, what, what were some of your favorite moments? You know, as a fan, you've been here watching this, and listening along with us all the way through, what were some of your favorite moments at the end of this uh, season? Should I start with the season finale, or should I just no? No, well, no. I mean, yeah, for the season finale, like, well, like what, what, you know, all this buildup and everything. What, what are some of your favorite moments? I liked, um, I liked Jessica coming back. That was really great. Not because just because it was really cool, not because of the name, just saying. <laughs> but, uh, and Rick really kind of hulking out. That whole scene is just great. You know, the writing and the sound and the voice. So it's like everything came together with with Mike too. That kind of helped it all to be that like great scene and this big action scene. Um, what made me sad, I mean, and it's interesting to find out about, you know, the Essence House, it's just, it wasn't the Essence House, it's that stone, um, that it's stolen, that, that was kind of interesting, so then it made me think, like, well, so what's up with Grandpa Roland, where did he get this, what is the history behind it then, where, so he took it from these people, then, well, did the Essence Guard come? Well, now and I'm like going into theories. So the Essence Guard came to because they protected this stone that they stole, right? right. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> we can say nothing, but keep going. I, I think those are really, like, honestly, really good theories, and you're you're okay. You're making some really interesting sense. Like early on, it was hard for people to have theories, but now there's so much information out there that, and a lot of the lore is kind of out there, so it's interesting. It's interesting. And then like, and the whole nothing and being stuck in nowhere in time. I know we talked about the whiteness and stuff, but like, to me, that really like, kind of was like, whoa, like they could just disappear there. And how could anybody get to them if they don't know where they are or when? Yeah. But uh, no, I just love the whole thing. I'm, it was hard for it to listen to it end because generally I have another episode to listen to. So today it's going to be hard because it's like, all right, now we got to wait until the next season. So that's yep. even rougher. We really don't have anything for you. <laughs> like mm -hmm. not at, not at all. It's not even like 
it's not like last because the last time Eric played a joke on us that you fans won't know. Oh, they don't know about that. No, you don't because we we did just get to talk about it. But <clears throat> after every episode, every one of these episodes, we would show the next episode to Jess, and sometimes it would be recorded. Most times it would be recorded, and sometimes let's say. Chuck didn't quite hit his deadline on time. And so it's like, okay, it's written though. And I would, I would read it to them and we'd have a good old time. And, but she would always get that episode. Yeah. And so this time it was like, yeah, sorry, man. You know, we, we've just gotten it off. It's, it's not ready. And we were like, okay, fine. And so we recorded this and we were all ready to go. And then Eric's like, so do you want to listen to the next episode? And we're like, Wait, why are you like, yeah, by the way, I just finished all the sounds for it. And I, like, I wasn't even aware that it had been recorded. Mm. Like, I was ready to be like, I can read it. Like, I don't mind. And you're like, no, no, no. Nope, it's done. Um, I'm going to do some tweaks, but it's all there. And I'm like, you son of a So that was a really, that was, that was something nice. We got to do that. Yeah, that was fun. No, it was so nice. <laughs> Not this week. But this week, there's no surprise, guys. I have episode one, season two, episode one. Here's a script. <laughs> that would be a good surprise. Jess had it. I, I pull it out. I'm like, yeah, hey, that'd be great. I've been working on this. I would love <laughs> to hear your fan script. Yeah, like, we'll talk about fan fiction. <laughs> hey, I would be all about that. Like, where do you think we are? Oh, oh. they did good. We should just go with that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You're way smarter than us. Jeez. We need to bring them in. Um, do we want to talk about the wink wink extra? Yeah, I think so. Because if, I mean, for one, this is, I mean, eventually this would be available for all viewers. But I mean, if you're a patron at this point, you've had a week. So. Sure. By all means. I don't know what we could uh, say about it since it's Yeah, what can you weird. tell us about it? But well, we can reveal that it exists. Yeah, it does exist. So uh, one thing I did different on this episode with the sound was I had a music underlay for that last scene um, to try to drive the uh, emotion. Um, usually it's all you know sound effects, and then it goes to the musical ending. Bing, bang, bang, bang. Yeah. So um, this time it did the music under the whole last scene, then our musical ending, and then a second later there's footsteps and there's a whole new scene. Um, so if you haven't, if you stopped when you started hearing our music, definitely go back and check it out. Um, I don't know if, how much you want to say otherwise about the scene. Yes. I mean. I mean. There, you, honestly, there's not much we can tell you about it except for what you hear. So, really, go listen to it, yeah. and uh, we would love to hear your theories. <laughs> what did you think about that, Jess? I wanted to know what the heck is going on, and what time are we in, and who is this guy? Isn't that and that's such a fun thing that you can only do in a time travel uh, movie? Is like any other time you're like you're like. What is going on? Where is this? And it's always where, where, where. And now it's like, when are we? Yeah. <laughs> right when? Because I was like, when is this? Is this like, is this a flashback? Is this like, where the what, what the hell is going on? And who and who 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 is this man? 
Yeah. How is he well, related uh, to the story? So, I guess if you haven't watched it yet, pause this and go check it out. But I love the parallel to what was going on in the end of the episode to what's going on in the the teaser scene. Because um, I think that there's some automatic assumptions that you make, and then there's a point in it where you're like, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> So for me, my my big influence. Well, first off, I mean the reason why I thought it would be fun. I'm like, dude, Marvel after credit scenes. Like, yeah, why are we not doing this? Let's have some fun. So that was kind of the first thing. But one of the things that I love, I don't know if you guys ever played the games, but Metal Gear Solid. You would play a Metal Gear Solid. You play it all the way through, and then they just had this like little. 30 second to minute, you know, after the whole game's done, everything's done, they'd have this little 30 second to minute long vocal thing. And it was only voices. You didn't get to see anything. And you're like, what the crap are you talking about? And it led into the whole next game. But at the time, you've got no idea what they're saying. Like, it it makes no sense in what's going on. So when we had that idea, I was like, I really wanted to write it in that idea where you're now going to be able to head into, you know, essence house season two, you're going to get a couple episodes in there and then you're going to be like, I got to go back and listen to that scene again. Right. And all of that will make sense. And then it's like, you know, that's so fun. And, and, and you get that whole added kind of feel to it. So there's a lot of fun to do and it'll, it'll pay off for sure. Yeah. There's not a whole lot we can say about uh, season two. We'll probably have some sort of announcement um, shortly about when. When that was, that was going to be my question. Do you have an idea of when do you think? Yeah, we couldn't give a date right now, so I wouldn't even hazard. Um, but I think about the season itself, there'll be um, there'll be some new some new characters coming in. I think um, again some new landscapes. Yeah, some. Uh, some new probably where and whens. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I guess I think um, it'll, be some, it'll be interesting to see how and who and what survives the finale. I mean, hmm. there yeah. was some... Uh, survives. Yeah. There was well, some casual, casualties there. I was hoping every well, I was like, but maybe they'll be okay. I mean, we have some pretty roughed up characters by the end of this. You episode. think too many bullet holes? It's I'm like, pretty optimistic to think that they'll probably be okay. I'll say that. <laughs> if they all survive, they're not going to be the same. Yeah, nobody's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, Rick's probably Rick. I don't know, man. He doesn't even have medical attention, so I'm kind of like, I say Rick might not be okay. So safe to. I wouldn't say it's safe to say anything, really. Rick hasn't been okay in 25 years. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm just hoping Tristan's fine. So I'm just being optimistic there. He's young, you know. Maybe he'll. Strong, but bullet holes are still bullet holes. They're, they certainly are. Yes. Yeah. Do you have any theories uh, moving forward into the next season? 
What do you want to see, Jess? Yeah. I want to see Barnabas. Oh, go back and see Barnabas as a youth. I want to see some Barnabas backstory. Gianni did question, what did this guy go through in his past to make him so calm right now? Yes, I want to see some, like, Barnabas, like, wrecking up some crap back in the day. Well, I have I have Wendy here with me. Wendy, is there anything that you want to see next season? Um, yeah, I want to see them get the uh, the cornerstone back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. That's uh, that's a pretty fair. <laughs> like, let's just get everything back again. Okay. I, I want to see what they have to go through in order to get it back. Yeah. Because yeah, you you I mean, as much as obviously we can't answer that question, you kind of yeah. feel like. Something's gonna come around, yeah. but what is that? Yeah, yeah. I I want to know like why Grandpa Roland stole it. You know. Well, there's, there's the possibility that you know they say that he stole it, but maybe they're the ones that are stealing. Oh, that's true too. Yeah, Greta is the villain. Yeah, or is she? <gasps> yeah. Ah! I think I think another question that a lot of people also. I think we don't want to ask it, but there's some really unhealthy things that have kind of happened. And I think one of the questions that a lot of people might want to be asking is if Roland knew all this stuff, he knew his son was going to die. His daughter-in-laws were going to die. He knew all this terrible stuff was going to happen. Why did he make sure that it happened? What is so damned important? Because right now it's looking pretty bleak. So what, what finale, what end comes of this that he said, yeah, this all, all this stuff has to happen? And he essentially sent Tristan into those bullets. Like, that's his grandson. Yeah. Right. And he used to take to the World's Fairs and stuff. Like, Yeah, like he was grandpa. <laughs> so, I mean, what kind, of, what kind of person even is he? Do we get to, to find that out? You know, and, and, and what is... I mean, who does that, and and why? What is what is your reasoning? So, I would like to find out more. Yeah, he he might not be the nicest or dude. There may be some underhanded reason behind why he did it that he didn't create himself, but he was forced into. Yeah, I think you guys are catching on pretty nicely. Oh, okay, good. I like it. I like it. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. We're we're both really jazzed. And uh, Eric, I want to thank you for bringing me on this. I mean, two two and a half years ago, when you said, "Hey, do you want to do you want to do this Dan O'Rimo thing?" I was like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." <laughs> I never imagined us getting here, and this no. has been a freaking blast. Like I've had a ball. I I mean, as much as this is our project, um, you did not have to invite me into this play this playground and I've had a blast. Um, I couldn't even imagine doing this without you as a partner on this really. Like Yeah. And Jess Jess, thank you so much. Well thank you so much for inviting me to hang out and talk about it. It's been fun to, you know, learn learn about the world like each episode. Well and you've allowed it to have a whole other life where now it gets to kind of have this this fan feeling and you've been able to sort of be this ambassador to the fans. And I'm really hoping that next season 
as we push this one and everyone gets to binge it and have some fun with it. Next season when we come back, you get a lot more questions. You get a lot more of that. And we really get to see uh, see a lot more of that side. So I'm really glad that you were part of that. Yeah, I've had so much fun. And it's been fun just to like hang out with you guys too. So I enjoy it, and I love watch. I've loved watching you guys create it too, because this has been created as we go. You guys didn't have it done, right? It was yeah, living. it was alive. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun, and it's really nice to have everybody, especially tonight, being able to have you and being able to have Michael here, and and everybody, and and really just kind of being able to to celebrate what I think was a really solid season. Yeah. And it's something that Eric and I have never done before. This was mm. completely new to us. Um, obviously, like I, I've tried to work on novels before. Eric has finished a novel before. But even doing it like this is very different. And we got to, uh, it, I know that, you know, you're like, oh, you're writers. You just, you write. But it, they're different muscles for sure. And there's different ways of looking at it and, and dealing with it. You know, especially when you understand, like, okay, well, I have to make sure that this episode tells its own story, but then gets people excited for the next one and keeps moving things along. And, uh, you know, you, you have to make sure that you plan ahead so that you have stuff to play with. You know, being able to throw stuff out like the walking stick, like Jess, Jessica, like all that kind of stuff. Being able to do that allowed us, and that's something that we even learned on the fly is, ooh, ooh, let's, let's have fun and create new things so that we can play with stuff, you know. The, the Maggie Simpson stuff was made right on the fly. Yeah. And then being able to play with that again, which was one of my favorite and, and funnest things to play with yeah. in uh, episodes eight and 10. Yes. You know, that was a lot of fun. So I think we, we really got to stretch a lot of muscles and, and play with a lot of stuff that we don't normally get to do. So, man, thank you for, for letting me do this and, and, and for uh, letting me play with you guys. It was, this has been a blast. Yes, I can't wait to do more. Yes. So hurry up and write it because I'm sitting here. I'm like, and we got probably like at least at least two, three. I'm like, eh, a couple. I, th I think at this point we okay. know when we want to bring it out, and we're hoping to have an announcement real soon. But of course, with everything going on in the world right now, we okay. just want to kind of stabilize everything. Um, I will make a promise: there will be a season two. This will happen. Yeah. Uh, we just, you know, Eric and I want to stabilize our bases, make sure that everything's okay. But I will tell you 100%, there's, I've had too much fun, and we both had way too much fun doing this yeah. to, to leave you guys in the lurch. And what a dick move to leave <laughs> you in nowhere. So I can promise you, you will see season two. Um, this won't be something where you're waiting a really long time. I think we still really would love to have it finished by the end of the year. We just, we got to kind of, get our stuff together, especially with everything going on in the world right now. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Yeah. Thank you guys. And thank, thank you. people at home. And um, next season. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Very soon. <laughs>